0: are two very different types of people in the world mm-hmm. would you say the first being those that like to hold on to every single thing mm-hmm. from their past mm-hmm. could be is could be furniture could be friendships could be whatever mm-hmm. and then there are those who are like screw it i'm selling everything mm-hmm. i'm starting over i'm building new friendships mm-hmm. and i feel like most people are kind of like on both sides of that coin pretty drastically. What what would you say? Where do you stand? Far on the side of starting over, sell everything. <laughs> I can do this shit over again. Yes. Same. But don't you feel like there's people that are like really hardcore, like like you think of like the extreme scenario, like in a moving situation, it's like the T V shows that show like hoarding.
1: It's uncomfortable. And it's like Letting they, go is uncomfortable. Right
0: would you say letting go
1: is uncomfortable
0: it is because oh, of like yeah. the emotional attachment
1: and it's like am i gonna miss this am i going to what am i gonna do without this mm-hmm. right even just going back to we have a peloton and we've been talking about you know we haven't really utilized it a, a ton we've we've used it for sure but it has not um been used at its it hasn't been used to the maximum
0: we were gophers during the pandemic purchased the peloton <laughs> at the height of which they were selling for i think it was like they were going for in the Mm -hmm. height and now you can barely resell it for I think Uh, it's like less than $500 it's crazy yeah
1: it's crazy and I don't even know if there's enough people out there in the world who would want a
0: peloton a, a couple year old peloton I mean it's kind of like cars where it's like used but the good thing is, is like the technology can just update as Peloton updates. Correct. So that's good. Correct. But um, yeah, I mean, it is the old version. Yeah. So. so
1: then thinking about like letting the Peloton go, it's like, oh, well, I'll ride it when I'm
0: resettled or. It's I... like you're figuring out how to take it in your carry on bag. Exactly. Like, <laughs>
1: and like house. <laughs>
0: Honestly, that's why I think self storage blew up, mm-hmm. is because these real estate developers saw the opportunity to essentially hold on
1: to everything they
0: saw that that people were willing to be emotionally tied to their things and needed a place to store them Mm -hmm. and what you realize is that like the cost to store them is probably more than what the things are worth
1: correct it's one of those things that once you step back or you're away from the situation so say you've moved you've put a bunch of things in storage it probably causes a little bit more stress Mm -hmm. to hold on to it and wonder oh i have to go back for this or i have to get these things or i have to sell these things right and just be like i'm letting it all go and i'll accumulate new things at another time if that's something that's important to me right but most times i'm i'd be curious to know like how many people have placed things in storage and been like
0: i'm so happy i kept this (laughs) you know yeah that would be a good poll yeah if any of you have things in storage We are very curious. Drop in the comments, how long has it been in there? And have you paid more than what the stuff is worth? (laughs) Just curious. We followed a path that I would say would be considered the like high performance path. We read a ton of self-help books. We were very much like up 5 a.m., high energy, workout, metrics, goals, blah, blah, blah. Mm Mm-hmm falling much into the productivity category i think you had a lot of people capitalize on that from venture capitalists and startup to people like motivational speakers like tony robbins or david goggins david goggins really capitalize on like this self-help motivational movement Mm -hmm. get your ass up and Mm -hmm. get shit done like Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) and that's what everybody was everybody was leaning into how how much can I get done and how well can I do it and I think people were people were buying it in loads because it seemed like the route to clarity Mm -hmm. it was like oh if I follow this if I follow this path that that's being mapped out or if I lean into productivity in a in a manner that it's being sold to me then I'll achieve whatever it is I'm setting out to achieve and I, I do think it it can be significant for output if Mm. output is something that you're prioritizing Mm -hmm. i also feel that it can be a bit unhealthy to constantly beat people
0: over the head with productivity exactly and that's where i feel like and maybe it was the pandemic that really changed a lot of this it it just broke the cycle Mm -hmm. of this glamorized corporate nine to five going to the office every day with briefcase and loafers and heels and Mm -hmm. i think people really got a taste of like Oh, I, I don't have
1: to do this. I don't
0: have to do it. Yeah. And what am I sacrificing to do it? Mm-hmm. I do think when you come up high level, it does benefit the system in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because you're just getting people to pump out as mm-hmm. much as possible. And like you said, there is a very unhealthy side effect mm-hmm. that comes with always focusing on like how much can I produce? What's the maximum amount of output? that i can like put into this thing well
1: and it keeps it it keeps the economy or it, it helps fuel the economy in so many ways right mm-hmm. um if i feel like i have to go to the gym if mm-hmm. i feel like i have to buy this productivity tool right to help me stay organized if right. i feel like i have to like whatever whatever story has been concocted it's all a part of the overall like ecosystem of productivity I feel like I'm doing the best version of me by con- by purchasing or l- allowing these things to contribute to my mm-hmm. own personal ecosystem.
0: Yeah, and I feel like when you're in the momentum of productivity, it's hard to take that step back, mm-hmm. which is why when I think about the pandemic, when everyone's at home, mm-hmm. that's when the momentum just stopped overnight. Mm-hmm. And now you were just like stuck at home and that's why you saw so many people pick up new crafts Mm -hmm. like sewing and baking was like massive during the pandemic
1: but oddly enough that's also when productivity tools from a startup lens became very relevant Mm -hmm. okay now you're at home how do you keep up with work and personal life and so you had you had all these different productivity startup companies literally pop up out of nowhere as a way to keep yourself and your business organized so it was almost like the, the narrative was like oh we're gonna encourage these side hustles but also push people to stay in these corporate environments and then we're going to help you quote unquote like bridge the gap between those two things mm-hmm. right like we'll help, we'll we'll encourage the small business but like buy this productivity tool to make sure you can balance that
0: with your corporate job exactly so now i think we're at an interesting intersection where you kind of see the productivity era phasing out mm-hmm. i think people are becoming less interested in how many goals can they set how many deals can i close right it's all a part of that same like the same energy which is very like systematic mm-hmm. it is there's not a lot of creativity that goes into that right mm-hmm. it's just very much like follow these metrics and at some point if you follow them close enough you will achieve the result that you're looking for correct so when you think of the productivity era and how that was very results-driven. You were doing, you were being productive to achieve a result. Mm-hmm. Whether that was like a financial outcome, a mm-hmm. physical outcome, through working out or what have you. And I think now we're entering a completely new era. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's going to take time to roll out on a mass level. But it feels as though over the last two to three years we have it's really been this emergence of the creativity era Mm -hmm. and people are tapping into the creative sides that when you think about like traditional schooling and education that was really that was really preparing you for the productivity side Mm -hmm. so now it's like people are trying to figure out okay how do I find out and how do I discover like what am I passionate about that could unlock the creativity inside of me Mm -hmm. because we're not we're not trained to explore that at all well
1: and i think uh, i think for a lot of people it's like a financial thing right it's like how do i create authentically and from a from a genuine place and still be able to maintain a lifestyle Mm -hmm. right whether that's like have a certain home or car or stuff or live in a specific city. So I think that's a huge part of where the creative bubble right now, or the the thing that's being, that's being pushed from a creative bubble perspective, like, or the narrative that's the narrative that's being pushed from a creative bubble perspective. I think creator creatives in their natural right are at a place where it's like, yeah, I would love to be able to like stay in my apartment or home all day and paint. Mm -hmm. And then, be able to sell those to Sotheby's or I would love to be able to make music authentically and sell that to an audience of 50,000 people. Mm-hmm. But as we know, you don't start there. Right. So for a lot of people who are choosing to or for for people who are choosing to lean into more of that that creative side, it is bridging the gap on like what feels realistic, like mm-hmm. I have to live right now.
0: I feel like creatives are at a point now Where they're like, hey, like, whatever you're paying us is not enough for us to live. Correct, correct. But I I think now what you're seeing is
1: creatives from every direction are becoming more transparent.
0: Yeah, and I think the creative industry has been gatekept for so long. Mm -hmm. When you think of any corporation, that is still very much based on productivity and output. Social media has continued to unlock this idea that you can become an independent creative Mm -hmm. and that's going to look very different than a traditional creative traditional creative once being you know writer for a tv show Mm -hmm. actor actresses again things you have to go through a corporate structure for correct in comparison to becoming a food critic Mm -hmm. on tiktok amassing over 13 million followers and becoming essentially a millionaire in 12 months or less. Mm-hmm. I think when we, when we talk about becoming and really this era unleashing from a creativity perspective, I think it's going to stem a lot more from this idea of the independent creative. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you were talking about this, the, one of the challenges being the financial side. Because when you think about creating, a lot of that does stem from something that you're passionate about. hmm and understanding that you are not always able to monetize something you're passionate about right off right out of the gate. It really is creating from a a, a deep place that
1: feels genuine to you. Right. And understanding that you may not be able to benefit from your create your, your creative side. It may there may not be an upside. Mm-hmm. There very well may not. Mm-hmm. But you know you're fulfilled in doing whatever it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think, the, I think the common theme in being a creative is that most times if you are creating from a genuine place, there is a, uh, a group of people that will find that valuable and that will drive some form of benefit, right? I think that, that
0: seems to be the common trend. It's hard when you think of like the creative or like it's hard when you think about tapping into your creative side, but then having to push that through or up a corporate structure. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, like, I can be a producer. I could be a actor-actress. Yeah. But the moment that I have to fit into someone's box and for them to tell me, like, <laughs> like, what I'm doing is either, like, working for them or not. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how do you, Even thinking about having to push something that I'm... From my perspective, it's, like, the utmost creative freedom, mm-hmm. trying to put it into a corporate box. It immediately becomes like i feel like that freedom goes away
1: yeah it takes it takes away from your ability to authentically create Mm -hmm. once someone's critiquing your work Mm -hmm. for their liking exactly so you you have to from my my experience like if i'm creating from a very authentic place no matter what it is Mm -hmm. i'm not necessarily interested in putting that into someone else's ecosystem because I know it most often won't fit mm-hmm. I have to create for myself in the way that fulfills me mm-hmm. and I know nine times out of ten there are going to be people out there who are like whoa that's so cool that you're doing that how do I support how mm-hmm. can I be a part of it mm-hmm. how
0: can I you know what I mean when you think about creating from a genuine place not not from a place to make money off of it or anything like that Mm-hmm to benefit from it um, right away or ever. Mm-hmm. As a creative, then, like, what's the solution? Like, how do you live, back to, like, the actor and actress thing, like, how do you live if you're not looking to to monetize or make money from your art? Like, what does that world look like? Is that going to, I, is is that checking into someone else's, job and like kind of just giving it bare minimum like
1: i think it depends on what you have a tolerance for Mm -hmm. i i think there's ways to to be a creative and um create a path for yourself i don't think there's one way of Mm -hmm. how to do that whether it's like joining a corporation becoming a consultant working side gigs i don't think there's one way um i think it's just a matter of like what your tolerance is Mm -hmm. to be able to sustain yourself in being a a true creative
0: right and it's almost like you're separating the two identities Mm -hmm. it's like your identity of who you are when in knowing that like yes you have to make money to support yourself financially Mm -hmm. and then the other side is the identity for your creative side of like this is what i love doing i would do this thing no matter what whether it makes money or not and essentially separating the two
1: how long do you think the productivity era lasted like when did that start was it 2010 like what was that like tipping point because i I vividly remember when people like tony robbins became relevant
0: Mm -hmm. well he's like a weird hybrid because he's also very much like motivational
1: which i feel like that's productivity you do i i feel like it is Mm -hmm. it's like
0: do 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 do
1: do 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 like when i listen to david goggins my head my head starts to hurt
0: i don't know i feel like the productivity era has lasted a long time like like 10 15 years no decades like i mean even think about like our parents generation a lot of that was like work hard yeah work at a young age Mm -hmm. like which is still like do like do 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 Mm -hmm. so i think when Do 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 um yeah i don't i don't know i don't know the answer to that question but i feel ever since i can remember i just i think corporate was built on productivity Mm -hmm. so however long corporate's been around Mm -hmm. which is why you see you're starting to see to some degree the death of corporate Mm -hmm. people are just no longer interested into checking into this environment that's like the expectation is just cranking Mm -hmm. out results yeah And I I feel like it kind of, it carries a bad stigma. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a lot of, like, your baby boomers will often be like, oh, millennials are lazy, Gen Zs Mm -hmm. are resistant or Mm -hmm. out there, don't want to do the work. Like, I think it carries a bad stigma, but in reality, like... If it's if the system itself, the productivity era and system, if it's not sustaining itself, it was never sustainable in the first place. Correct. You're just having different generations with different perspectives Correct. stand up and say something about Correct. it. Correct. Or just like not, they're just not willing to do it. Mm-hmm. So if it if it was something that's sustainable, it would continue to carry on and exactly. be a seamless process. Exactly. I just think if people, especially like if social media creators are able to go from Mm-hmm. sort like broke to millionaires mm-hmm. in less than a few years that's gonna motivate and inspire a whole generation generation to like whoa like why would i work for someone else and right. make and have there be a ceiling to my mm-hmm. salary in comparison to being a creator having the utmost freedom yep and, and having fun and having fun and having the financial upside be there mm-hmm. so i think that that's where you're seeing a lot of like gen z and even now millennials, Mm -hmm. being torn um, of what the future of their careers look like. Mm -hmm. We're at the beginning of the creativity era, and
1: I am fully in support of it. Mm -hmm. I, I genuinely think that the more that we can separate our identities and beings and how we've defined ourselves as humans away from this idea that we're only worth something if we can contribute to someone else's ecosystem mm-hmm. is so powerful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's powerful to take a stance on that. It's powerful to live in your true self and define what your true self is. Because I think most people have no idea what that means. Right. And to live a life that feels the utmost fulfilling is the new, the new trend in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like what makes you truly happy? Oh, you don't know. Go, you you can go figure it out. That's what feels the most liberating.
0: Right. But the last thing to add is like, I think it's interesting that even when you look at the financial habits of like baby boomers versus millennials and Gen Zs, you can just tell that baby boomers prioritized saving and finances and just ensuring like that they're in good standing mm-hmm. with the system where millennials and Gen Z, it's very much about convenience, happiness, freedom. So it's going to be interesting to see like as priorities continue to shift and evolve Mm -hmm. how that affects the overall system and the different eras that will essentially come and go and evolve
1: thank you for tuning in to today's episode until next time
0: until then